Hello, everyone. Today is Monday, September 12th. Yesterday was quite a somber anniversary. 21 years since September 11, the attack on the towers. I used to live nearby and see those towers and commute there every day. You know, go through the path train, it was called. Ah, man, you know, it's, it's just... Um, And we still have so much to learn, even 21 years later. But one thing we did learn from that event was how to be united and put one front. And um, I think that we need to get back to that. And by the way, I'm Sylvie Belmont, editor of the Simi Valley Acorn, and I'm here today with Becca Whitnall, editor of the Camarillo and the Moorpark Acorns. Hey, Sylvie, it's always nice to hang out and chat with you. David, super excited to talk about the newest member of the Branching Out Sponsor family, a local business you know very well, Arsenal Comics and Games. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Arsenal. Obviously, I'm the Branching Out Sports guy, but every now and again, I get that itch for my Zelda stuff. And they've got everything, obviously comic books, but they've got the collectibles, board games, action figures, it's all there. And yeah, and, and owner Timmy Hay, he really prides himself on having a clean, organized, welcoming business to walk into. Whether you're a comic book person or not, you feel comfortable there. And I should say, it's one of those businesses that's just fun to kind of walk around and see what they have. Although Timmy would really appreciate it if you bought some. And don't forget the events. We're talking new comic book day every Wednesday and every Friday they host Magic the Gathering and Pokemon tournaments. I hear they're packed. Great point. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to check out Arsenal Comics for yourself, keep in mind they've got two locations. One in Newberry Park at 1610 Suite 1 on Newberry Road near the In-N-Out Burger or their second location in Ventura at 3431 Telegraph Road. Plus they're very active on social media so you can check them out on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or just check out their website at arsenalcng.com. That's A-R-S-E-N-A-L-C-N-G dot com. What we're going to address today is not not so fun, but I think, it, I think um, it's important to talk about. And I think um, from our end, what it's like to be a journalist and when we see what happened with Jeff Gurman in Las Vegas, who I, was killed in front of his home. I, I think it's German, but I could be wrong. It, it's hard to tell from the spelling, but I've heard it a few different ways. And Right, right. Uh, so he was killed in front of his home, and now the authorities have arrested somebody who works in the public administration in Clark County and who was uh, who lost an election, which may be linked to something that the reporter wrote. That makes you think, you know, we as editors and reporters, when we cover local stories, we do think of the implications that these stories have. Our job is to tell the truth and to be fair and factual. Uh, and when when we do stories, we think about all the sources, all the people involved in that stories, you know, from the alleged wrongdoer to the people that are the victims. I mean, every time I know I scrutinize these stories all the time because you do think of the implications that it has for them. And when you're publishing a paper, it goes out to everyone. It, you do. You have to. But at the same time, you can't let that stop you from reporting the facts and then letting readers decide for themselves, you know, what what they think. Absolutely. We do have a job to do to publish the truth. I mean, we are the ones who look out to what's going on at City Hall. And that is not just about the elected officials. It's the people who work there, you know, from your park district to your school district to 
every agency, our job is to see what they're doing and to ask questions. And sometimes we will come across something that is not is not good news no, for, I, for them, I, right? Yeah, right? And it's like you 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 can have corruption. It happens in government, you know, or or we see we have happened with the county. Where we had stories about allegations of the CEO and, you know, what happened with an employee. Yeah, I've had to do that with um, when I was covering City of Thousand Oaks with the former city manager, where, you know, you're digging deep into emails back and forth and having to, pu- to file public records requests. But I personally have been lucky that I, while I think of implications and worry about them and even feel guilty, even though I know I'm doing my job and just telling the truth. I've never been scared of a public official. Have you ever had that? Nope, never, never. Uh, Scared is not a word I would say that I am. Or even concerned, like as far as... Not with elected officials at all. I mean, of course, they're not always happy to hear from us. Let's face it. Right. (laughs) You know, because we do, and even during the election, you're going to have to ask questions that they would rather not answer. Uh, Oh, oh, sure. I've had folks ask, why are you publishing who my donors are and things like that? But that's a whole different level than what happened in Las Vegas but but outside of public office, have you ever covered stories where you're a bit concerned? Well, when you when I when you do stories about crime, for example, when the police arrest somebody, you still have to remember that people are always innocent until proven guilty. So you have to read the police reports and take that into consideration because they're putting their version of what happened and that the arrest occurred and this person was charged with this and they believe that he was responsible for that thing. But you have to remember that individual still needs to go to court and and nobody, again, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. So you, you, you have, I do think of that Right. And I know a lot of readers um, comment, at least I, I see it a lot on social media and other places where they're, you know, we kind of engage with people where they're like, well, it's on video. Why are you saying alleged? Or we know they're guilty. Why? You know, I, I get that with the Grossman trial a lot with Rebecca Grossman, who allegedly hit and killed two young kids. Is that I, still an alleged it hasn't gone. It has, she hasn't been found guilty. No, although we do have a story this week where the judge decided that the merger charges are going to stick. Right. Right. Yeah, the charges will stick. But but anyway, but we do hear back and forth. And, and so I get it's good that you point out why we use the words alleged, susp- suspected, and all that. And it may be um, handy at this point, too, to... to mentioned that often we don't tell the accused side because usually they don't want to talk to the press. Their their attorneys stop them from talking. So for folks out there who are wondering, you know, kind of a behind the scenes, that's usually why. And we'll we'll usually include, you know, a so-and-so declined to comment. Right. And yeah. and we have done that with the whole Grossman trial. We have published and and you know the side of the defense. Yes. Because yes, it's always our job to tell both sides. 
And, you know, and this is where you don't put your opinion in as a journalist. You need to really have that neutral state of mind where you're looking at both sides and, and trying to, you know, incorporate that into your story. So you do reach out. There are many steps to doing these stories every week that we do where we go back and forth with the sources. We don't just take what's on Nixle. We do contact the police. We try to ask more questions to know what happened. Uh, you know, uh, things that are not stated in the Nixle or may not be clear. And then we do, you know, uh, uh, as much as we can, try to reach to the other side and see, okay, is there a defense lawyer? Is it a public defender? Um we do have news briefs where we don't go through all that entirely, of course, you know, about some case like there was a scam, an alleged scam of a senior citizen in Simi Valley this week. Uh, somebody was arrested for that, reportedly taking $85,000 from this senior citizen. And this individual Jeez. is currently in jail. Um, and I do see they have a public defender. They, but we did, I do... One really great resource, too, when it comes to these stories about crime and all that is we do have access to the court records where you can see what happens at each step. And it's important, of course, to say how somebody pleads. Many times it's not guilty. Of course, we know, you know that. But we make sure to, to put in that, that voice where until proven guilty— you know, it's a suspicion that this individual committed a crime. If you're looking for professional house cleaners who deliver a consistent, quality job, look no further than Made in America House Cleaning Services. Made in America has a dependable and loyal staff of cleaners who are fully licensed, bonded, and insured to work in your homes, and they even pay workers' comp on all employees. And as I understand it, that's pretty rare. Made in America has been serving the greater Conejo Valley for over 30 years, and owner Paul Lopez has been a resident of Thousand Oaks since 1977. When you call Made in America, you know you're dealing with a professional company that is deeply rooted in the community it serves. Paul has been a member of the Kiwanis Club since 2015, and he loves giving back to the community and serving through the Meals on Wheels program. So when you support Made in America, you're supporting these programs. Uh, Made in America takes cleanliness seriously and adheres to a strict COVID protocol to keep customers and employees safe. For a free house cleaning estimate, call Paul today at 805-499-7259 or find them on the web at madeinamericaonline.com. That's Made in America, M-A-I-D. And I think going back, even though we do that, we still get people who are ticked off. I was about to say something that would... <laughs> who are angry with us just for publishing the known facts or what the police say are the known facts. And we always obviously attribute that to the police. Um, for those, you know, you can feel bad. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but those are the facts. But, but have you ever, going back to what happened in Las Vegas, have you ever been concerned for your safety or... Well, you know, having lived in New York, I kind of have learned, okay, I grew up in a small village in Switzerland with 500 people, mind you, and then I lived in New York City. You develop an attitude where you do need, and it's not just about our job, it's just life as it is nowadays. You need to be aware of your surroundings. 
just mindful, you know, because there are many people, you don't know what they're going through. People can have a breakdown or something. It's not always logical why somebody may do something. I mean, to me, living, being, being aware of what's going on around me is kind of a state of life. So I don't live scared, but I live aware. I won't be putting my headset and just go walking around and not pay attention to what's going on, you know? Sure. I mean, we had this week also in the news a jogger, a female jogger that was kidnapped and killed. So it's... Oh, man, that's right. That is so tragic. Can you imagine for the family? No, and it seemed luckily, like a random no. crime. But I think as as journalists specifically, um, for me, there are are times when I've been concerned <laughs> for my safety. I'm, and and usually those are times where I've been stupid about <laughs> I, I haven't taken the advice you just gave and have agreed to meet up with sources that I probably shouldn't have met up with alone. Um, you know, I've I've had interviews with folks who wanted to take my phone apart to make sure I wasn't recording them, and then wanted to pat me down to make sure I didn't have really. Um, yeah, I've never had that happen. I to just me. once, and um, yeah, that was one I probably. Sh- I mean, we met in a public place, totally public, but. Still, like, I was started feeling like I'm not going to leave first because I don't want to walk out to my car and have them know what I drive because it's easy enough to Google anyone nowadays and find out everything about them, including where they live. And if they're not happy with what I, I wrote, I don't need anyone to. And to you know what, Becca, if you do your job right, you're going to have some people who are not happy with what you wrote at some point. Absolutely. Unfortunately. You know, but, and, and yeah, I mean, are people sometimes, do they reach out to us upset? Of course. And we, again, it's all about, you know, if there's something that we did wrong, that, that is a mistake, we will definitely do a for the record and address that. Um, it, and we've had people also request to have everything removed from online after they were arrested. And a few years later, you know, they, they would like everything cleared and removed from the digital uh, archives. We can't do it. If you were arrested and 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 it, it was true what is said, then we just don't have the option to just remove every story that people want us to remove because they don't like to see it anymore. Unfortunately, and that brings us to the internet too, everything that is published now remains on the internet, you know? I mean, I always say something to, like I say to my family, don't get arrested. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's out there forever. Out forever. It doesn't go away. You know, are we all subject to making a mistake at some point in our lives? We are. Uh, And like, this is where if somebody got arrested and then they did something like, you know, if there's an update to a story, that's something that we could consider, for example, somebody that completely turned around and or or like if there was, you know, mistakes when the arrest occurred and then they got exonerated. This happened and see me with this man who spent 38 years in jail. Oh, yeah. And then he got exonerated and pardoned and everything. I mean, mistakes happen everywhere, even in the court system. Especially when you're publishing the equivalent of a novel each week, I mean, as, as far as words printed. Oh. 
A little sunshine and fresh air can brighten your day. So why not brighten your whole home with Sunburst Skylights? Located on Ventu Park Road in Newbury Park, this Velux certified skylight dealer and installation company wants to help you decrease your electricity use and add functionality to your home space. Get a 26% federal tax credit with Sunburst easily installed solar powered skylights and get a 10 year no leak warranty with any Velux brand skylight. Sunburst Skylights even offers integrated solar power blinds that can block heat and light. Locally owned and operated by Leonard Paris, Sunburst Skylight's knowledgeable, friendly, and professional team has been bringing fresh air and light into homes around the region for 35 years. Let Sunburst Skylight's light up your life. Give them a call today at 805-499-8935 or visit them online at sunburstskylights.com. You know, this this case, um, back. sorry, I keep going back to this case, it got me thinking not just about physical safety, but kind of emotional safety. And, and that's something um, I think might be interesting, too, as we peel back the, the curtains of journalism, sort of. Um, it's not always, am I worried about and is someone going to stalk me? Because I, I honestly, I don't think about it often. It was, you know, especially that one case or when I get a very angry email, but which doesn't happen often. Um, but there are things that I I don't think about the emotional safety. I, I think um, this cynical, seasoned old journalist, and I can handle everything. But there are those stories where you're affected. And um, we don't always think of our our quote unquote safety there. Have you have you had some of those? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I I, I don't. For me, I feel sometimes I'm too um, like I kind of have a, a barrier where I I can yeah. separate when I'm doing my job because there, are, there we do report on many people dying in different circumstances. I mean, borderline. You know, that, that's like, absolutely I one mean, of Don, them. Don did an amazing job with that, those those stories, you know, and to do it with with tact and still tell it like it is. Does it affect us emotionally? I yeah. I mean I it has to to some extent. As as an editor and even as a reporter, I see that my work, even when if I'm walking on the beach or something, sometimes it, you know I will think about that and like so it's not a job where you can say okay I'm done it's five o'clock finished. No, absolutely. It, it's a job where even when you like if you're cooking or something, you you will ponder the article that you're working on. You know, and like you will think, oh, I need to contact this source or or I could do it this way or I could write it that way. So we do put a lot of thought and effort into what we do. Uh, all our reporters do here at the Acorn and our editors. And and, and we try each week with, with that and, you know, with being balanced and and and. You know, we put out this product that is informative and it, it still gives people a sense of place. Those hard stories do have an impact on reports. Different people react differently to things, and whether it's like mentally and how how it affects you, uh, or if you're you know maybe like fearful. I would hope that none of our reporters here are fearful of their safety. You know. Yeah. Um, but things happen in the world that you have no control over. In 
so many ways. Yeah, I think I think that probably affects me more. Even even though I don't, you know, I think of myself as tough. I think, and and it, I think I am affected. And I think it's not. I mean, it is the borderline stories and the Woolsey fires and all those. But it's also someone died in a car accident, and that might not be the biggest story for the city, but that's the biggest story in for some family's family. life. Yeah. And I know at some point. I'm going to be that reporter who I don't want to be, who's intruding and asking them to speak. And I've, I've told people before, like, I'd, I'd rather be a good human than a good journalist. I think you can be both, though. And um, But that one takes the toll on me because I also don't want this person who died, what the information that that public officials have to give us is an age, a city of residence. Just a statistic. And, and you don't want them to be and just I, a statistic. Exactly. I want to tell their story. And so that's why I'm reaching out. But at the same time, you don't want to be that news person banging on their door. And I, I think, think we at the Acorn balance that quite well, actually, because, yeah, you don't want to be that eager reporter, like, I, I need, you know, pushy. You can reach out to friends, and what I find is that if you reach yeah. out to people who may know that individual and then you can tell them, hey, if if, if you can tell the family, if they want to call talk to us, we would welcome that so we can bring the humanity to that story. Yeah, and that's exactly what I, I try and do. You'll see someone react on, on Facebook Social or media. something. Yeah, hey, that was my friend. And then that's that's what I try and do. But I think um I think that's why I love the acorn and working here and not to toot our own horn. But but I really feel like we're part of the community and, and that telling that story is important. But it does I you know, it does take a toll. Well yeah, we we're part of the community for sure and, and we you know we we take feedback from the community too. When they talk to us, we listen. There's always something to learn. You know, each week I feel like I learn something from my readers, from the people who email us or or talking to them and and, you know, going into political season, for example, is going to be quite an exercise there, you know, and, and, and trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's a juggling act like many people in every job that they do, whether, you know, all the people that we are, are readers, they also have different pressures in life mm -hmm. and everything. So it's not like, oh, poor us reporters, we have like all these challenges. No, right. no. everyone Everybody does, you does. know, like in uh, the readers and, and we come from the same place. And, and, and But, you know, it, again, you know, the goal, I think, for us, at least, it's to put out a product that is, you know, informative and, and, and factual, hard news, good news. We make a point of putting out a lot of good news too about our community and what our resi the residents do and and everything else. So it's really a balance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I just think we're lucky to to work where we do, and, and in this case, work with the officials we do. So this brings us back interesting conversation, right? And I think everyone yeah. is having conversations like that in their own household. This brings us back to Jeff Gurman and who lost his life doing his, and we think, because we don't know for sure yet, this is all, you know, we think that the, his death may be connected to the work that he was doing. We hope not, but we, 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 you know, we send our thoughts and prayers with the Las Vegas Review Journal and, and, and the family of the reporter. Um, 
Yeah, well said. Thanks, sir. Thanks, because absolutely, we're thinking. We're thinking of you.